In this episode, Slumberjay and AWS, digital help is on the way. And what happens when the cloud meets tribal knowledge? gas has always challenged technology. Now it's time for tech to challenge back. Come hear how the best minds in the industry are making those solutions a reality on the Oil & Gas Technology Podcast with your host, Mark LaCour. All right, folks, before we get to our guests, please, 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 you want to support this show and our 10 other oil and gas podcasts, very simple, leave a review. If you think we're doing great stuff, I'd love to have a five-star review. And if we need some work on something, let me know what you'd like to change and give us a two or three-star. And then big thank you to Nutanix for sponsoring this show. If you need help modernizing your data center and running applications at any scale, on-prem or in the cloud, these are the folks you want to talk to. All right. So for the first time, we have three guests at the same time on. We have Danny. I'm going to butcher your last name, Danny. Rahal. Rahal. Oh, I wouldn't have butchered that. I would have got that one right. And then Stephen Warner and then Otto Van Hock. How are y'all doing today, gentlemen? Thank you, Mark. Doing very well. Yeah. Danny and Steven, you're with a little company called Slumberjay, which everybody knows of. And Arno, you're also with a little company called Amazon Web Services, which I think people have heard of as well. I hope they do. And if not, then this is the perfect opportunity to uh, to highlight that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If there's anybody on the tech show that hasn't heard of AWS, let me know who you are, just just because I want to know. <laughs> but before we get to our, what we're going to talk about, real quick, Danny, how did you get into this crazy oil and gas industry? Yeah, good question, Mark. So I've started in Schlumberger actually 20 years ago, but my background is not oil and gas. My background is computer science, and I have a master's in IT security. So I started in Schlumberger as a as an IT and security consultant, and then I evolved in Schlumberger to be closer to the oil and gas business, and specifically the software oil and gas business. Boy, what a change from 20 years ago till today from, from a technology point of view. Absolutely. So we started in what was IT across different industries, and then the team was really focused on oil and gas. And then I was working for a product line or a segment in Schlumberger called SIS, which stands for Software Integrated Solutions. Since this has evolved as well, our business has evolved, the way we develop software has evolved, and the way we deploy software has evolved. And obviously, during this podcast, I will have the opportunity as well to tell everyone what we're doing around digital and oil and gas as well. Yeah. You know what's so funny about that? So SIS used to hire all my interns years ago here in Sugarland, Texas. That's funny. That tell you work for SIS. Stephen, how did you get involved in the oil and gas industry? So similar time frame to, to Danny, but a pretty different journey, actually. I also joined Slumberger about 20 years ago. I joined originally on the geophysics side looking around geophysics, processing, and seismic interpretation. And during that 20 years, I've spent my time in a variety of positions around Asia, the Middle East, uh, and Europe, and the US, specifically focused around how do we bring our software business to the industry. So out of those 20, for the last 18, I've been looking at how do we develop software business and build software technology for our clients around the world. Yeah, what a great story. And Arno, a lot of people know your story, but real quick, how did you get in this position? I started directly out of college and, and similar to, to Stephen's story, actually traveled the whole world. I lived and worked on every continent working for Royal Dutch. You probably figured out by now that, uh, yes, I am Dutch. 
and of course started with uh, Rochelle in the, in the Netherlands. But as I said, really traveled the world. And I think more importantly, it has given me a fantastic opportunity to see the entire value chain, everything from upstream exploration, mergers and acquisitions, all the way to, uh, to R&D, wells, projects, and even a little time in, uh, in abandonments. So I think looking back on that, and I think you hear the same story from Danny and from Stephen, I think it's around being able to get the breadth and the depth of our industry and actually leverage that after 20 odd years, really now in, in helping our industry transform and using digital as the platform to do that. Yeah, what a perfect segue. You and I didn't rehearse this. So we're <laughs> we're in not normal times, right? So we've had this double black swan event where both crude price has been extremely low and the demand for refined products has also been extremely constrained. We're in this COVID-19 pandemic here in Texas. We're still locked down. And so, you know, our industry is hurting right now and they need help. You know, and so we have two big heavy hitters here that are able to provide help. So what are Schlumberger and, and, and AWS doing to help your clients, the oil and gas industry right now? So maybe I can start, Mark, telling what Schlumberger is doing. So our efforts have been and remain focused on improving our customers' performance before the pandemic and the crisis and during will remain the same. This is in line with the challenges our customers are facing. The challenges really are to produce oil and gas at an affordable price, more sustainably, and with teams working from home, this added really to the challenge. So throughout this crisis and pandemic, we've remained very close to our customers and have supported them by accelerating deployment of our cloud-based solutions. And we also rapidly launched new offerings to help them during this period. Examples include enabling our customers business continuity through remote access to Delphi Petrotechnical Suite, Delphi is our cognitive EMP environment that we built on the cloud. And Petrotechnical Suite is basically the software that most of the oil and gas petrotechnical experts know, like Petrel, Techlog, Eclipse, Intersect, etc., that we've migrated into the cloud and enriched. So we've provided remote access to our customers to these technologies. And in some cases, we also send them software dongles so they can continue to work from home. Or in other cases, we had them connect remotely from home to licensing servers that we set up for them. So all in all, actually, the main focus we had is really to remain close to our customers and improve their performance and support them while working from home during this crisis. And Arno, y'all play heavy in this area as well, don't y'all? Yeah, and I think maybe what I want to highlight is that the cloud, of course, has been a factor in changing the, the economy because it makes technology accessible. So the cloud was already involved in changing that economy before COVID. And just think about the ability for new startups that were born in the cloud and that completely changed that economy. We talk about taxis with Lyft and Uber. We talk about fitness with, uh, with Peloton, for instance. We talk about food, food delivery, whether it's DoorDash or Grubhub. But I think what's more importantly is that the pandemic really has accelerated, in our view, the movement to the cloud. Business leaders were really concerned about working remotely. They had to make a lot of decisions really quickly on tech changes, which probably would have taken years and years and actually now happened in, in days. And those that were already using the cloud, they had a really big advantage. They were able to save a lot of money and just by the ability to not having to invest in all kinds of capital going going forward. So, And they were able then to use that to, to innovate, be more agile and move forward. I think a great example, or actually two examples, is one from TC Energy based in Calgary. They were all in on, on AWS and moving their entire infrastructure and had already migrated something like 90% of their applications to the cloud. And when, of course, when the pandemic hit, 
it was very simple for them to ask us for help. And it allowed us to enable TC Energy to work completely from home. And we've been supporting them by using our Amazon Workspaces, which is a virtual desktop, and really being able to leverage that. So I think there's, there's two, again, I think it's two, two discriminators. One, the companies that were already on the cloud, they were well ahead. They were able to, to exactly accelerate the digital transition. And then companies that were not yet on the cloud actually realizing that the cloud would be a real element, as Danny also said, to help them save money and be more efficient in their, in their operations. So on both fronts, we've really seen that this pandemic has truly accelerated the cloud, the cloud adoption. Yeah, I don't know. I think I fully agree with you that the reset and the recalibration of the oil and gas industry had already begun before the crisis and the pandemic. Yeah. But actually, when you say that the pandemic has accelerated this, I fully agree with your statement because this is what we've seen as well on our side. Yeah, and I've seen it here as well. What would have taken 10 years to be worked its way into our industry is happening in the matter of months. And it's it's really interesting to, to see. But I want to come back to cloud a little bit. So this is the tech show, so we can go very deep here on, on the actual tech. So one of the main differences, because we're, we're talking about cost savings and efficiencies, one of the main differences between cloud and having everything on-prem is that you're basically, your redundancy, your business continuity, your cybersecurity is replicated over and over and over again. And there's no single point of failure, unlike what's on your prem. So you get the cost savings of scale with cloud, but you also get uptime, which is super important in our industry. Yeah, I think it's a point that not a lot of people realize. I would urge everybody to really look very, very hard at all the different cloud providers and really look at what is the uptime. I know that our uptime is almost 24 times bigger than the next cloud provider. And if you, as you say, really are running business-critical workloads, you really need that uptime. You cannot shut down a rig because all of a sudden your communication to the cloud is gone and go like, yeah, come back uh, next day. So having that extremely high availability and reliability combined with the security, the encryption that we're using, whether it's data in rest or data in motion, I think really underpins that the cloud is here to stay. For me, what was interesting is, is that when we had this discussion two or three years ago, people were actually talking about what is the cloud? Is it secure? What can the cloud do? That discussion is completely gone now. And people really are focusing on how fast can I really move to the cloud versus should I move to the cloud? I would also on my side, Mark, if you allow me, to tackle this question as well from a different angle. So obviously, Arno covered security, disaster recovery, business continuity, etc. I would like also on my side to, you know, talk about how our customers can leverage cloud and leverage digital technologies on the cloud, like artificial intelligence or machine learning or even the compute power, infinite compute power on the cloud to run domain workflows that were not possible to be run on-prem. So basically, the cloud also allows our customers to leverage all of these digital technologies, leverage the compute power of the cloud to be able to provide value directly to the domain workflows in oil and gas. Yeah, And to your point, Danny, but your clients only pay for what they need when it's in the cloud. So if you need 13 cycles of high-performance computing because you're crunching geodata, you just pay for 13 cycles. If you need three or 3,000, that's what you pay for. And I think that's just such a beautiful model, especially in the time when our industry is hurting so much. Indeed. I mean, the cloud model from a business point of view is also flexible. There's a minimum commitment for uh, certain workloads or uh, workloads that we run, but also the rest is, is pay as you go or pay as you lose. 
But also from a value perspective, I think we need to compare, we cannot compare the on-prem TCO to the cloud TCO from an IT perspective only. I think we need to also encourage our customers to look at the value that the cloud bring them beyond the IT total cost of ownership only and look at the value that this brings directly to the operational workflows that they run in oil and gas. Yeah, it's a great point, Danny. So yes, we do see that our customers actually do end up with a lower total cost of ownership. But I think the point that you're highlighting is a lot of our customers really realize all of a sudden the synergies that they're discovering. So the moment that your data is in the cloud and you start to run one or two of your workloads that you had envisaged, all of a sudden, because of the depth and the breadth of the available services, which are under over 167 services at the moment, all of a sudden people go like, hey, I can do this, I can do that. If I do this, then I can also leverage that. So all of a sudden we're seeing these synergies, these unexpected benefits that people are exploring. And it really, again, when we talk about accelerating this cloud cloud adoption, I think that's been one of the big insights that a lot of people realize as a, as a benefit that they hadn't, they hadn't banked on before. And it's just because the ability for having data in the cloud, having the applications in the cloud and having them so closely linked together that all of a sudden so synergies are being created. So we've all kind of agreed upon the, the benefits of the cloud. The industry, to your point, Arno, eight or 10 years ago said, no way, now everybody sees the benefits. But you still have to move. If you're a company that hasn't moved to the cloud yet, you still have to go through that process. And y'all deal with customers literally every day that are moving from on-prem to the cloud. What are some of the, the, the gotchas? What are some of the problems that people need to be aware of or companies need to be aware of as they look at moving from on-prem to the cloud? I think the, the biggest advice I can give our customers is, is probably twofold. One, it is not a technology challenge. It really is around a leadership challenge. It's a cultural challenge that you need to overcome. The second thing that I would urge everybody to really think about is when you are going to the cloud, pick something that has a significant business impact. In other words, do something that you think was hard that you think was, was impossible, but had major impact on your, on your bottom line. I think the combination of having a real leadership challenge with something really significant that can make an impact really will demonstrate the value that will come from the cloud. And again, as I said, I don't think it is a, it's a technology challenge. It really is around having the right leadership, having the right problem, and again, it has to be a, a really good problem, and then changing the, and demonstrating through that how you can change the culture in your organization. For me, that is probably the biggest insight. Danny and, and Stephen, how, what have you seen? No, I, I cannot agree more with you. From our experience, we're seeing that you know customers face different challenges while moving from on-prem to the cloud. My advice, and I guess Stephen would agree with me as well, is basically customers need first to align their cloud strategy with their business objectives. This is really crucial because if the cloud strategy and the business objectives are not aligned, this is a recipe for failure. Also, there's a perception that data is not secure on the cloud. This is not a very accurate perception. Basically, you can sometimes also confirm that security on the cloud is probably better than what we see on-prem. You mentioned data encryption in transit, data encryption at rest, et cetera, et cetera. So cloud also preserves customer security. However, in some cases, some customers find certain challenges in terms of moving to the cloud, in terms of their IT policies, or country laws like data residencies where they cannot export data to the cloud 
This is understandable. And we in Schlumberger, we are looking at different technologies to tackle those challenges that these customers have. Another point I want to mention as well that you mentioned as well, Arno, is change management. You mentioned culture. I'll mention change management. It's basically, it's not only a technology challenge. When our users move to the cloud to consume the services we have on the cloud, change management is a crucial component as well that has to be addressed through training and user handholding and adoption. Yeah, that cultural piece is always the hardest piece. Our industry doesn't like change <laughs> for a reason, right? But this is a unique situation that we're in. And it's really interesting to watch this new younger workforce come in and look at these changes and be okay with it, understanding they can be just as secure, just as safe. I think sometimes it's my generation, the older generation that has the issues because you're bringing in something different. But Danny, to your point, actually cloud security, cloud cybersecurity is actually way more robust because you have the advantages of continuous adaptation. You can move stuff around. We're a cloud user here at OGGN, and we've been attacked several times, and there was no interruption in business. In fact, if our provider wouldn't have told us that we were attacked, we wouldn't have known. So you just stay up and you, your business just keeps running. Yeah, I think when we focus a little bit more on the, on the cultural side, as you said, having been a well engineer myself and having to go through all kinds of offset wells, spending days in the in the file room going through old yeah, paper records of just looking at, at uh, latest drilling reports from all the offset wells. That was a very tedious task. It took up a lot of time. And just when we talk about a cultural change, the ability to have to use machine learning, to use artificial intelligence, to ingest not just one, two, but maybe hundreds or even thousands of daily drilling reports from offset wells and actually use that insight that comes from the AI and machine learning you can use, all of a sudden as a drilling engineer, you have those insights at your fingertips and really allow you to drill a better and more importantly, a much safer well because of the ability to really harness that dark data, the dark information that has been sitting in daily drilling reports in some well file uh, location. So for me, when we talk about the new drilling engineers that are coming into into our industry, I think it's a fascinating opportunity for them to really use their skills and then augment that with this technology to really help them yeah, leverage their skills to their to the best ability. I think this is a very yeah, Arno, I think you know, you know here in Slide we, we see the cloud as a key enabler. It, it can have a, and is having a huge impact on the productivity in our industry, but it's not just on the IT side of it that alone is not just bringing the transformation it's really when you think about how do you bring the workflow to the end user and how do you actually transform the work the workflow and allow that end user or that client to make a better decision and i think the younger generation are very excited about how they can impact and how they can use this technology the cloud itself definitely does enable much better data integration and data analytics no one should really be considering that they work in a single domain anymore. And it also brings this elasticity of compute, this ability to tie a workflow, uh, to be able to allow somebody to run not just one realization, but hundreds or thousands of realizations in the subsurface. This is the kind of thing that's getting the end user exciting. And it's the kind of thing that's really making a big difference to clients around the decision Make, making they can do when, when using technology in the cloud. So you can start to think of how this becomes an enabler 
for for clients. But ultimately, we we have to think about how do we adjust that end workflow, understand the challenge that we're trying to make, and think about how do we bring that domain together with the digital technologies to help drive a, a better outcome. For yeah, and the other cool thing about this is we're now doing something that our industries need it forever, which is taking all of this information, all this data, which has historically been siloed, and we're putting it in one place where you can access it. And so with this new younger workforce coming in, we're now talking about the ability to get them up to speed quicker and safer. And anything that is stuck in somebody's head, we can now get it out of their head and get it into the system so that we don't lose that tribal knowledge. You know, I love our engineers and I love our project managers, but you go out in West Texas and you watch a driller drill a well, a lot of what he's doing is experience. He's he's listening to the sound of the of the top drive. He's looking at the cuttings. And that's the sort of stuff we can we can put we can grab and actually put in in tools so that the future uh, people get up to speed quicker and faster. And then to the point of AI and machine learning, you know, now we have machines that help us with the daily drudgery. I mean, Arnold, you talk about being a well engineer. How much of your time did you spend scrubbing Excel spreadsheets just to get the information you needed to, to do your job? Well, if you, well, let me even emphasize a little bit more. If there even is an Excel sheet to, available, <laughs> normally it actually meant spending days and days in some 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 well file location and going through hard copies of and even the old days of, of telexes yeah just to understand what happened in a certain formation so yeah i'm fully on board and we also always talk about the ability to augment the workflows it's not around changing it's not around replacing it really is a, a i think an additional tool and for me the best analogy is when i started many 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 months ago I remember one of our superintendents at the time saying, you know what, the drilling rigs, we don't need computers. And I cannot imagine nowadays how you would even drill a well without any computers. So it just shows how this technology has augmented, has helped us actually driving, as you said, both efficiency, but also more importantly, safety in our industry. Yeah, I think all of us are, Mark, all of us are talking about or sharing experiences about the pain of managing large volumes of data. And I guess in the new world, the digital world, this will become even more challenging for all of us. We relied, obviously, in the oil and gas industry on data as the fuel for this business. And we relied on people like Arnaud <laughs> in his previous life to interpret that data into meaningful insights. So imagine all of these volumes of data coming into the industry. And the question is, how do we manage it? So maybe I can share with you what we've done in Schlumberger. What we've done is basically we've built a data platform on the cloud which is a standard for the oil and gas industry. And we've donated part of our code to an open source data universe, a standards body, to unify our efforts with the industry's efforts. And the idea there is that we value all the data that's available on-prem, and we want to bring all of this data into the data platform on the cloud so we can give our petrotechnical experts the ability to have the data at their fingertips anytime they need it. Yeah, and I think that is where the, the true value comes in between Schlumberger and Amazon. Uh, Schlumberger has the, the broadest portfolio of technologies across the oil and gas value chain, a deep technical bench of petrotechnical expertise. In AWS, we have uh, the broadest and deepest portfolio of services, supported, of course, by data scientists and sector, sector expertise. And I think together, we have this extensive global infrastructure that can really address our customers' needs and challenges and really support the innovation that is required, as Daniel and Stephen highlighted in our in our industry. So I think that is where the true synergy comes uh, when we work work together. 
in the way that they need no, to stabilize. I, I agree, Arno. I think it's, it's, it's this combination when you together the digital technologies and the power that they bring, and you, you bring it together with the domain expertise and the knowledge a company like Slumberger has of building EMP software focused around focused around EMP workflows. And you can bring these together to look at a challenge that a client has and say, well, you know, how do you think about this in a different way? How can you address this with this technology, with this pain? And, we, and how do you bring this together to deliver a better outcome? I'm happy to take you through some examples, Mark, of this, of some of the successes we've seen in the industry from this, if you'd like. Yes, let's talk about real-world examples. No, uh, exactly. So, you know, what, what we've seen is that, you know, for example, through a, a combination of HPC, high-performance computing, and machine learning, but also from actually re-engineering the way we put together our software, we've been able to slash seismic processing time down from about 30 that it was taking traditionally all the way down to about two and a half months in time for tomography, salt integration, and depth migration. We've been able to embed machine learning into both the well cleanup and interpretation and seismic interpretation process to focus on how do we build a better structural representation of the subsurface, taking the average time down from about 30 days to, to one day in some cases for clients. And then on the reservoir engineering side, we can really take advantage of that high-performance compute. These are clients that are building massive models of the subsurface and wanting to run these many, many times. Taking execution of jobs down from 120 days all the way down to three days and just being able to run these on massively concurrent machines so we can really accelerate the process. All of this really only improves the accuracy of the subsurface. It also saves time. It allows you to analyze more scenarios in exploration or field development. Probably a, a great example of this is the work we've done with Woodside down in Australia, where we were able to develop a solution around agile reservoir modeling. This is when we couple the static model, the today model of the subsurface, together with the dynamic models of the subsurface. And working closely together, we've managed to reduce the analysis time in field development planning all the way down from 18 months all the way down to eight days. It's this type of change that's truly game-changing. It allows our clients to make decisions in a much more accurate way and a much faster way. Ultimately, this is requiring a re-architecturing of our software to sit and build it specifically for the cloud. It means we have to start to think about how do we build technology that's built around open data standards built around a microservice-based architecture, and how do we layer on cloud-native end-user experiences to help drive these decisions? And that is, this is a big focus for us in Slumberger, and uh, we really feel we're working a way to deliver on that in our clients. So I think that's a great example, Stephen. For me, it falls in, in two categories, what we're doing. Uh, one is around transforming the core and the way you just explained it with the example from Woodside. We have a fantastic use case where we are using the cloud to run 120,000 uh, reservoir simulations, effectively doubling the recovery factor of the reservoir 
by just optimizing the, the field development. So that, again, is, is another example of how we transform the core. But it's also an element around how we built the future of energy. And we are in the middle of this energy transition. And actually using the cloud to do that and actually help our customers with this energy transition, being more energy efficient. A great example for that is SEPSA. Uh, I know it's a downstream example, but they used, again, similar to what, uh, what Danny earlier shared, a data lake approach. They were able to ingest 170 million data points each day into a data lake, use that to do analysis, machine learning on it, saving 2% on their energy bill for eight refineries in Europe, saving 70,000 tons of CO2 per year, and at the same time, not only saving 2% energy, but also having 2.5% more throughput. So we see those both elements where we transform the core get more resources available, more efficient, more effectively, and at the same time actually helping our customers with what does the future of energy look like and how can we support this energy transition. And guys, I could sit here for hours with y'all. It's truly for the, the, those that are progressive thinking on the way they're approaching their challenges, absolutely the cloud together with the, thinking about the process and the workflows is really adding a huge upside for our clients. Yeah. It's, it's incredible the efficiencies that we're driving. And guys, I could sit here for hours because this is like a personal passion of mine. But unfortunately, we need to kind of wind down the show. So this is a point where we do product reviews. I'm actually a big double thumbs up. A little company called PowerDY sent me these professional-grade lavalier mics. They sent me two of them, and they basically plug into your smartphone with no adapter needed, no battery, and they sound incredible. So they're $39. If you do a lot of Zoom calls on your on your mobile phone and you'd rather just have a little microphone clipped to your collar so people could hear you much better, go pick a couple of these things up. I Like I said, double thumbs up, a great product, fair price. We use it ourselves. And then you've heard me talk about our street team. That's our global organization of volunteers. If you want to join, go to Facebook. Com, just search for OGG and Street Team. You basically help us with our social media. And when things get back to normal, if we're in your geographic area, you get to join us as part of our press team whenever we get back to conferences and expos. And then once again, thank you, Nutanix, for keeping the lights on. Nutanix enables IT teams to build and operate highly automated private and hybrid clouds. Plus, they understand the business of oil and gas. And they're giving away these really cool JBL flip floor Bluetooth speakers. I can't win one, but Arno, Richard, Danny, Steven, <laughs> you can win one. It's really simple. Go to the show notes, click on the link. We give away one a week. And then finally, while you're online, go ahead and go to the website, allgastechpodcast.com. Give us your email address. It's how we let you know the new stuff we're doing. We promise never to spam you. And then finally, go to the LinkedIn, join our, our OGG and company page. We're around 50,000 members are growing strong. So this has been incredible. So Arno, thank you for your time. If people wanted to learn more about Amazon Web Services, where should they go? Very simple. The web address is aws.amazon.com forward slash energy. So aws.amazon.com forward slash energy. And if people want to learn about more about you personally, where should they go? Like the tenth of thousands of other people on LinkedIn that are reaching out to me, just go to LinkedIn. It's probably the easiest way to connect. Perfect. And Danny, if people want to learn more about Schlumberger, where should they go? So if they want to learn about Schlumberger, they should go to www.slb.com. But if they want to learn about our Delphi environment, which is the cognitive EMP environment on the cloud and the software business inside Schlumberger, they should go to www.software.slb.com. Now, if they want to reach out to me, they can look me up on LinkedIn. And Stephen, what about you? No, same same for me. I'm a very active LinkedIn user. If people look me up, I'm 
I'm sure I'll be happy to connect in with them and share my insights and thoughts with them and uh, get some feedback from them on there as well. Perfect. Yeah, so everybody, we'll put the links in the show notes so you have to be writing stuff down. So depending if you're on Android or iOS, either scroll up or right, and you can just click on all these links. Gentlemen, this has been incredible. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Mark. It Thank has you. been a pleasure Thank being in a session with you all. Yeah, so folks, we're making sure that you don't get left behind one episode at a time. And here are the events on deck. This is Savannah, and here are the events on deck for September 2020. There's the FPSO World Congress 2020, and that's on September 1st to the 4th, and also the 8th, and it's all online. The next one is Building the Future Industrial Summit on September the 16th, and that's also online. There's also the 4th Annual Blockchain and Oil and Gas Conference 2020, and that's on September the 16th to the 18th. Then there's the Engenius Symposium and Exhibition for Upstream Innovation 2020, and that's September the 22nd to the 24th. And there's also Effective Leadership Through Change and Uncertainty featuring Condoleezza Rice, and that's on September the 24th. There's also NAPE Summer 2020 from August 11th to September the 14th. And lastly, there's BP Week 2020, September 14th to 16th. That's all for September. Hope you guys have a great month and thanks for tuning in. Check us out next week for another entertaining and yet useful episode of Oil & Gas Tech Podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.